BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey folks, today's show is brought to you in part by Omaha Steaks. Make your house your favorite new restaurant this spring with Omaha Steaks delivered straight to your door. You ever wondered what makes Omaha Steaks so damn good? Well, of course, I've got the answer for you. It's the aging process. Omaha Steaks are aged at least 21 days, and that's where all the magic happens. Try these mouth-watering steaks in the Butcher's Best Sellers package. Go to omahasteaks.com, enter the promo code VOICES into the search bar to save over 50% and secure exclusive pricing. Included in the Butcher's Best Best sellers package are four iconic fork tender butcher cut filet mignons, four ultra juicy burgers, four savory pork chops, four kielbasa sausages, four rich and decadent caramel apple tartlets, my favorite thing in the world, and so much more. In addition to getting more than 50% off, you also get four more chicken breasts and four more of those delicious burgers for free. All you have to do is visit omahasteaks.com, type voices into the search bar to order the Butcher's Best Sellers package today. Save over 50%, plus get four free chicken breasts and four burgers for free, all from the company that's been bringing people together for over 100 years. That's omahasteaks.com, type voices into the search bar. And now, let the cartoons begin. Recorded live in the USA, covering the whole wide world. Right on! This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Mr. President. Governor. You enjoying the play? I am. How about you? Well, we just got here. We were at the Yankee game. We got you know, hung up in traffic. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Something horrible happened about an hour ago. C.J. Craig was getting threats, so we put an agent on her. He walked into the middle of an armed robbery and was shot and killed after detaining one of the suspects. Crime? Boy, I don't know. We should have a great debate, Rob. We owe it to everyone. When I was running as a governor, I didn't know anything. I made them start Bartlett College in my dining room, two hours every morning on foreign affairs and the military. You can do that. How many different ways you think you're going to find to call me dumb? I wasn't, Ron. But you've turned being unengaged into a zen-like thing, and you shouldn't enjoy it so much as all. And if it appears at times as if I don't like you, that's the only reason why. In the future, if you're wondering, crime, Boy, I don't know, is when I decided to kick your ass. Ladies and gentlemen, take my advice. Pull down your pants and slide on the ice. The Bob Seska Show. God damn it, I love that scene. From our nation's capital, it is Thursday, March 25, 2021, and this is the Bob Seska Show on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. Hi, my name is Bob. Hello. Hello, Bob. Hello. Day 65 of the Biden-Harris administration, 592 days until the 22 midterms. Find me on Instagram at TheBobSeska and on Twitter at BobSeska underscore go. Oh, and shit, now we can really start the show. Let's do it. It is Jody Hamilton from the From the Bunker podcast, from dash the dash bunker.com, also at sexyliberal.com, along with all of the other Sexy Liberal podcast programs. All of your favorites in one convenient location. It is your podcasting superstation. She's also on the Stephanie Miller Show every Tuesday. StephanieMiller.com is the website, of course. And there's the great T-Rex, David Ferguson, from the T-Rex Report podcast. Patreon.com slash T-Rex Report. Also, astralsummer.bandcamp.com. Welcome, welcome, goth ninjas. Hi. Hi, what's Hello. happening? Hello. You know, Hello, I'm going to figure out what I'm going to do when we can get compromised. 
practicing again. I'm going to like merge these bands or like <laughs> yeah, try to juggle two projects. Yeah, that's right. You have to merge those bands because if I have more plugs for you, we're not going to start the show until like 20 minutes in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a polymath. What yeah, do you want? Yeah. Well, you know, um, it's, it's funny you mentioned music because I was thinking about um, as I was getting today's show together, I stumbled onto that video uh, that was made, I think it was back in 2015, where all those people, like thousands of people, got together and performed Learning to Fly by Foo Fighters. And it was in Italy, and they got like a thousand oh, yeah. musicians or something I like that. that. And it was one of the greatest things in the world, and they were all gathered together in one location. Of course, it was 2015, so no masks or anything like that. And I was looking at that, I was like, wow. Look at all those people standing together in a giant crowd having a fucking blast. That looks like a fun idea. That looks like, and originally I just love the performance. I love the uh, jubilation of all the people performing and, and the overall sound of it was really interesting. But it has a new meaning now that we've been all separated <laughs> for the last year. You know, I've been watching and going, oh my God, microbes. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I flinch yeah. when people shake hands in shows sometimes and I'm not expecting it. Like, ow! Yeah, I know. You know it's weird. But... Well, uh, Joe Biden is doing a press conference right now as we record oh, this. Oh, my. I couldn't wait for that. I was so on pins and needles. Why hadn't he done it already? Oh, my I God. Know. Oh, my God. He's... It's so what everybody's talking about. He's been talking to the press, so yeah. what the fuck is their problem? So now they're all in the same room and yelling at him? I mean, what is the difference? Because he's been talking <laughs> mm -hmm. to the press. Yeah, this is one of those non-story stories. They did hire Jen Psaki Who's you know, amazing. to talk to the press. Well, that's right. Like and also, we just we had a nightmarish four years in which the president was in our face 24-7, freaking us out constantly, just never shutting the fuck up. I mean, it was the thing. It was like living in the same, let's say, studio apartment with someone mm -hmm. who is blitzed on cocaine. I mean, just completely <laughs> coked out of his head, never shutting up, and you can't leave. That was the mm -hmm. last four years under Donald Trump. And suddenly we now are like, oh, this president, my God, why doesn't he say anything? Jesus Christ, where is he? What's yeah. he doing? Suddenly a stoner roommate has moved in and he's online all the time. And he, <laughs> we're like, is he in there? <laughs> Like, exactly <laughs> right. <laughs> well, the irony being is that Pays Joe the bills on time, you know, like a totally courteous pet owner. You yeah, know, yeah. And you're like, well, the irony is that like, why isn't it like the old guy? Yeah, but isn't Joe Biden booting out all the people from the White House who smoked pot at some point? I, I actually I read the headline is slightly misleading. Oh wow, um, that's a what, shock. Shocker. Yeah, I read the I read the one of the stories and basically. In order to get some security clearances, mm -hmm. you can't have smoked pot. That's so it's weird. Just, that's that's still because it's still not federally legal. Yeah, that's uh, so strange. So until it becomes legal on a federal level, anybody trying to get into the DOJ right now to get any sense of security technically is not supposed to get that security level <clears throat> with that background. Even and. And it's because mainly the people are currently smoking pot, not like, say, Kamala Harris, who smoked pot as a teenager, or yeah. Barack Obama. You know, it's like people that have been, say, in California legally smoking it, or in Colorado, or in D.C. even. Mm -hmm. It's unfortunately, but they're not getting rid of as many people as, say, Barack Obama got rid of, or Donald Trump got You know, it's like yeah. there are less people that they're getting rid of. And this is unfortunate, which is why we need to make because everybody's like, well, are you going to kick out drinkers? No, drinking is legal. Yeah. Just don't drink on the job. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, drink all you want. If you smoke pot, you're screwed. Uh, that's just right. Seems... And that's it's unfortunate and yeah. it's wrong. But he's not kicking out. It's not like meanwhile, he's... the White House ex White House doctor who was handing out like what? Like right. vigil. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Or, like, but those were... are legal. That's the thing. It's mm -hmm. like if he if it was, hey, I'm on Oxy. OK, that's legal. Yeah. It's you know just... what I mean? It's God. unfortunate. Unfortunately, if they were doing acid or anything that's considered illegal to get certain security clearances, they're unfortunately, because they're being honest, which is good, but it's unfortunate that because they're being honest and trying to get security clearance that they can't. And so I, I disagree with the policy, mm -hmm. but 
until pot's legal. Yeah. People what, arguing, oh, you're going to get, you know, people drink alcohol. So the people we alcohol. have, like, trying to conquer the biggest, most complicated, never-ending problems in the world are the people who never even smoked a joint in college. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. It's not about smoking like, a joint in college. It's about people that are kind of currently Currently doing it. it. Oh, e- even, uh, though it's to- even though it's totally legal in D.C. In fact, b- hallucinogens, yeah. uh, mushrooms are legal. Yeah. Yeah. They're but I bet if you're... If you, if nobody it, can obsessively track things like your stoner friend. Mm-hmm. That's true. Like, wheels within wheels, man. And you got the whole chart on the wall. You know, I mean, I kind of want those guys following, you know, obscure arms of Russian, you know, disinformation units and yeah. things. Well, it's no, a I shame. understand it. It's just it, until it becomes federally legal. Mm hmm. They yeah. really kind of, unless they completely change the policy, but then it's, you know, then it's a mishmash of things. And it's just like, it's, I understand why they're doing it. I disagree with it, but it's yeah. not as big a deal. Like, like Kamala Harris, obviously she has a, she's always had a security level clearance as mm-hmm. a senator. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, yeah, she smoked pot as a teenager. Big whoop. Yeah. Don't smoke pot. Don't smoke pot while on the job. <laughs> and don't drink while on the job. Do you well, know what I mean? The pisser is I always have this ongoing fantasy that someday I'm going to get called to work in some capacity at the White House. It's not anything that I would actually do, but it's a well, weird... that's when p- David is president. <laughs> exactly right. right. But then I guess it wouldn't be a problem then if I was there stoned or the fact that right. I, I smoke pot would then get me fired from that job at the White House. It's just, it's a strange thing. But I'm glad to know that it's not just Joe Biden being a fuddy-duddy about it. No, that I'm, it's not. And it's, it's mainly people for security reasons. I mean, there might be a few people that work at the White House, but they might have to have security clearances. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? So it was, and it wasn't like, 50 people it was like a dozen maybe if that many it was a small number of people and they unfortunately for them were honest on their <laughs> disclosure forms yeah um i nobody was caught like with a blood test or with a hair test or a urinalysis nobody was caught they were honest about it which is <laughs> nobody was actually like token up on the roof of the white house going i was just gonna say job i was just gonna say let us smoke a bong on the roof of the white house a bong that'd be so much fun well i mean it takes doesn't it take like 72 hours for it to get out of your system yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, you know, and I think some of those jobs do require, you know, drug testing on a regular basis on well, top of it all. Wait, what are so, we talking about? I forget. I forget. What, <laughs> what, was, the, what was the topic Guns. again? <laughs> I, you know, I want to talk about this thing. Uh, I found this in an old article I wrote for the Daily Banter. This is a number of years ago, but whenever there's a, a mass shooting... It's like we end up going through the same paces, talking about the same shit, which is a really indicative of the fact that nothing ever fucking changes here. I mean, the only serious piece of it's not even really legislation, but the only really serious thing done about guns since the assault weapons ban in the 1990s was Donald Trump banning bump stocks. And, uh, you know, that was the only thing. And it took what happened in Las Vegas before it actually was even proposed. I mean, that guy in Las Vegas had what's called a bump stock attached to his AR-15, where he was allowed then to spray bullets like a fire hose down into the concert goers and uh, killed 58 people, wounded, I don't know, hundreds more uh, with this thing. Yeah, so and it, I have some friends that knew some people that were wounded. Yeah, just fucking horrible. So we end up going through the same uh, talking points. We end up talking about the same things, trying to find a way to punch through this issue once and for fucking all. And I want to talk about a, a little bit about that. I mean, I have kind of a sense of where we could possibly go with new gun legislation that might be able to survive in court. But the thing I wanted to talk about before we get into that is this thing I found in the Daily Banter and this piece that I wrote years and years ago. And it was about this firearm that you can still buy today, still readily available if you do a search for it. It is called the Cricket. And it's Cricket spelled with two Ts. It's manufactured and sold by an outfit in Pennsylvania called Keystone Sporting Arms. And it is a miniature rifle designed for children. Designed for <laughs> I'm, I'm not making this up. This is this is the you commercial. Can be your own mass shooter, kids. <laughs> this is this is an actual commercial. This is not Rocky Mountain Mike. Hey, where's he going? Shoot my new cricket rifle. I wish I had one. My first rifle. A moment you never forget. The Cricket is the perfect way to get young or small frame shooters started right with a safety promoting design. It's soft shooting, affordable, and accurate. Girls and even mom will love the way they can pick one to their own taste. 
Start your own tradition. Cricket. Find yours online or ask for a cricket rifle at your local dealer. Like I said, not Rocky Mountain Mike. That was 100% real. They're marketing. My first rifle. And the, the thing is, they've also got like a cricket mascot, like a cartoon cricket with the firearm and the rounds of ammunition strapped onto them. Oh, and oh God. Please tell me Disney sued them. It looks like just a generic cartoon cricket with a firearm. <laughs> it's just like, didn't we learn this lesson with, uh, what was it, Joe Camel? Uh, uh-huh. It's trying to like subtly market cigarettes to kids. Mm-hmm. They should come up with maybe like what right. woozy your first opioid. <laughs> it's just like Jesus Christ. Why why are we marketing this? Surely shit? your first beer. Woozy W O O Z E E. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly right. Your first date rape drug. You yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, I, the the commercial is utterly fascinating to look at, and it wow. God at first glance it really seems like a parody that you would see on. On SNL or Rocky Mountain Mike or something like that. There are numerous shots in this commercial of people aiming this, and it features a family, like a series, bunch of like four actors portraying this white family. And uh, they're constantly aiming the cricket at their family members' heads. Uh, what? Completely by accident. It's not like they're oh like deliberately doing it. But there are numerous shots in which you, if you draw a line of trajectory from the the barrel of the rifle through to someone's head, there's it's like a direct line. It's oh my god! <laughs> this is the most insane thing I have ever seen. And good news. And what year was this? Good news, girls. They come in pink. They. I'm not Aww, making that up either. They come yay. in. No, there's the whole like pink handgun thing. It's gross. Yeah, it really is. So yeah, the cricket firearm for children. Uh, I guess this is how you get them started, right? You get them in I early. I think one of the big gun manufacturers did like a pink, you know, like breast cancer gun. And it was like people were like, okay, after cancer and heart disease, guns are the number one cause of death for women in this country. So yeah. like, let's not go there, gun manufacturers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this goes uh, to my ongoing point, which is that the the gun lobby is all about selling as many firearms as possible. Right. That's the right. goal. That's the goal. It's just a right. it's a marketing wing. It's like hiring Don Draper and Sterling Cooper mm-hmm. and Draper or whatever the name of the the advertising agency was in Mad Men. And then that's what the NRA does. The NRA and all these other gun groups, they work with the gun manufacturers to sell as many guns as possible. Now, um there was as I mentioned before, a ban on bump stocks that was uh, authorized by Donald Trump. And this was issued to the ATF. Uh, you can no longer sell bump stocks. And if you have them, you can. Uh, there's a, there was a buyback program where you could sell them to the government and then I guess they destroy them. And that is like, it's like saying, oh, we're going to ban drunk driving, except, well, okay, we're not going to do anything about drunk driving unless it's gin. According like, to Senator Kennedy, if you Kennedy, were drinking gin, you're going to jail. But yeah. everything else is fine. Yeah. If you're Senator Kennedy, we didn't do anything about drunk driving. That's right. Did you hear him? Right. Oh God. We're yeah. gonna we're gonna upset with sober. Well, we don't have problems with sober drivers. No. They're sober. Right. I'm right. I'm just so glad my senators are Asif and Warnock right now. Right. Not some jacked up hillbilly that talks like a cartoon squirrel. Yeah. Well, I mean, Tom Hartman was talking about this yesterday, and I completely agree with this. What hasn't happened is we don't see the pictures of the dead, mm-hmm. like the 20 kids and uh, the 20 children that were murdered um, and their six teachers. Yeah. Um, we don't see what I think should happen is your Ted Cruz's and your Josh Hawley's and your John Kennedy's mm-hmm. should be shown those pictures. Yeah. We don't have to see them necessarily, but I want those people. Mm-hmm. To see these, because they won't look at them, mark my words, but they should be forced to look at dead bodies that have been riddled with bullets. Yeah. And then vote no on background checks. Yeah, exactly right. Well, uh, you know what? I think there's an opening here. I think there's a, an opening in the Constitution, and, and this goes back to what I was saying about the bump stocks. Now, last year, May 2020, the Supreme Court declined to take up a lawsuit to strike down that ban. In other words, the court with its conservative majority, with Neil Gorsuch and John Roberts and Brett Kavanaugh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, they refused to hear the case. And to me, that tacitly suggests that it's not a matter of constitutionality. 
banning bump stocks was not a constitutional question. Otherwise, the Supreme Court would have taken it up. To my ears, this sounds like an opening to ban other firearm modifications and accessories, and there are many of those. Mm -hmm. So maybe there's an avenue to worm your way into some gun regulations along those lines. And those, at least based on this precedent, the fact that the court declined to hear this case, maybe it'll stand up in court. Maybe some of these additional sort of peripheral bans will actually survive the lawsuit process. And of course, anything that gets passed. Well, there's new gun legislation tomorrow and they get rid of the filibuster or they reform the filibuster. They pass new legislation. Uh, that legislation is going to be immediately challenged in court by the gun lobby and the Republicans. That is absolutely going to happen. So there's that extra question. Does it survive a court challenge? And here's the other, here's the other opening, the other loophole that I see in all of this. There is nothing... In that fucking Second Amendment, which, fuck you, Founding Fathers, for not making it clearer what you meant in that goddamn thing. It's pretty clear in terms of the well-regulated militia, but it doesn't go far enough in describing what the hell they even meant. So, the other thing that it doesn't guarantee, though, is that the Constitution does not guarantee the right to earn a profit on selling weapons of death, selling firearms. It just says you can have firearms. That's what it says in, 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 with the context of a well-regulated militia, of course. But it says you can have, uh, you have a right to bear arms, right? But there's nothing there that says some retailer, like Walmart or Cabela's or whoever else, uh, has a right to make a profit on that. So tax the fuck out of the fucking guns. You know what I mean? Do that. And insurance. I think yeah, that you insurance. should have, to have insurance. Liability. Like, mm-hmm. Just like if you have a Ferrari, you know, Testarossa sitting in your driveway. As I do. You should... Yes, as, well, as we all do, I thought. Yeah. I got the disco ball option. I don't oh, yeah, know about yeah. you guys. But, <laughs> um, but, you know, you're having to pay insurance on that. So it just by mm-hmm. sitting there, it's like accruing cost. And I feel like this whole thing with gun hoarding and people having yeah. like entire arsenals, I feel like they should be taxed on that. Like they should be having to like pay for the potential damage they could wreak on other people's lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. And that's, you know, car insurance, gun insurance. It, and, the, you know, the health insurance industry is going to need something to do once we kick them out. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, just hand them this. It's a public health issue. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Well, well, and, I mean, and the, th- the thing that, that, that I find people going, well, we should outlaw knives. Well, as soon as knives start being thrown at, you know, 220 a second. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Well, but they, um, let's let's ban the thing that makes it go twenty, like bullets. Let's just ban the yeah. bullets, and then the guns are just heavy, and you gotta throw them. Well, that's what Chris Rock says. We should do bullet control, not gun control. Yes, it's a great idea. Yes. Yeah. somebody hated that motherfucker. They put sixty thousand dollars worth of bullets in it. Right. I mean, and, and, and are they bullet worthy? Um, yeah. It's it's like RPGs. You can't get those. You can't buy a tank. You can't. There are certain mm-hmm. things that we cannot get that are armaments. Yeah. Well, you know, I love unless this. you're a municipal police department. That's true, but that again, that's a police department versus a civilian. Well, so. I want to talk. I want to talk about this point about knives, and you mentioned Senator Kennedy and cars and drunk driving, and then here's we have a clip here of Lauren Boebert talking about hammers, knives, cars, and hammers aren't intrinsically about killing or wounding living beings. Guns, exactly. their intrinsic purpose, the intention mm-hmm. of a firearm is to kill or injure a living being there is no other intention for a firearm hammers you're supposed to buy them to drive nails into shit cars they're a form of transportation it gets your ass from a to b knives you cut steak with them and butter you know that's what you do with knives that's the intention if they're misused fucking hell prosecute the people who are misusing them absolutely I mean, for God's sake. But look, I mean, you talk about cars. Senator Kennedy was talking about cars, right? And drunk driving. Those, it's such a terrible, terrible metaphor. They walk right into that one, especially. Because cars, anyone who owns a car knows how heavily regulated it is. Not just in terms of the car itself, but how you use the car and your own personal uh, physical ability to be able to drive one. You know, you don't automatically get to own a car or drive a car on the road. You know, there are 
different loopholes, different hurdles yeah. that you have to go through. Exactly right. In order to drive that car legally. I just went through a whole fucking ordeal where I waited in a line at the uh, emissions testing station at the DMV for an hour and a half. And I get through it and I get up to the thing and I put in the, the you know, scan the, the paper in and I get the attachment and stick it to my car and it takes the reading and I'm pressing the buttons. And then it gives me a receipt and I drive away thinking I've passed the emissions test. And then I look at the receipt after spending all that time in the fucking line only to realize I have to be retested. And you know why? You know why I have to be retested? Because I haven't been driving my car enough to get an accurate reading on my emissions. That is, and it's right after a year of fucking isolation because of the pandemic. That is fucking some horseshit. But I mean, that is, that's just an example of the kind of uh, hurdles you have to jump over in order to own a fucking car. So don't tell me, well, you know, cars, maybe we should, maybe we should ban car, regulate cars. Well, they're already fucking regulated for God's sake. Yes. So that brings us to uh, that brings us to Lauren Boebert, who was on uh, Newsmax this week with the God. usual batch of excuses. This is a fun clip of audio here because once again we find out, oh shit, there are members of Congress in this exclusive club of 535 American citizens who don't know anything, who are dumb as fucking rocks, and Lauren Boebert is one of the. Uh, rockiest of the rocks, no doubt about it. Here's Lauren Boebert on Newsmax. Is that true? Do you have some of the toughest gun laws in your state? Colorado does have some of the most strictest gun laws. We have. Okay, we're going to stop right most there. Strictest. Most strictest. The oh most strictest gun law. High school dropout, inbred little ditch rat. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. Member of Congress right there. And she the just said, strictest rules of the country. Oh my God. Yeah. Here's an example of the strict gun laws they have in Colorado. For example, the uh, city of Boulder banned AR 15s or tried to ban AR 15s when the NRA stepped in, sued, and managed to get the law rescinded and applied then to the state law, which allows AR 15s. So that was how the shooter in fucking Boulder was able to get his hands on an AR-15 because the NRA stepped in and got that city law, that local law, reversed. Congratulations, NRA. You have more blood on your hands, you motherfuckers. Jesus Christ. So let's get I back to I can't believe it. anyone's even kowtowing to them anymore. It's been proven that they are yeah. a Russian-funded, mm-hmm. Russian-infiltrated yeah. disinformation group with terrorist ties. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But as long as they're selling guns, that's all they need. Mm-hmm. Remember, their constituency is not people who own firearms. The constituency of the NRA, the constituency of the Republican Party, isn't, pe- isn't law-abiding gun owners. It's the gun manufacturers. That's who they're all catering to. That's why, you know, when there's a, uh, a piece of legislation like the Manchin-Toomey Amendment after Sandy Hook about expanded background checks, that's why the Republicans could freely filibuster that amendment and get it killed despite the fact that it was supported by 86% of Republicans. That's how they get away because they don't give a shit about what Republican voters think. They just give a shit about what the NRA thinks. That's the whole point here. They're just middlemen in a big, big ass retail marketing scheme. That's what this whole thing is all about. Let's get back to uh, the most strictest Lauren Boebert right here. <laughs> you know, Officer Tally is a hero. He went while everyone else was running out of King Supers in Boulder, Colorado. He ran in and uh, and faced the attacker uh, head on. And you know, I, these killed. are the yeah. What is, about Officer Sicknick, honey? Yeah. Well, you and know, that's the like, thing. Like the gun laws in D.C. definitely prevented a massacre on January sixth. That's true. That's true. And you know what? The same would have happened at the King Super in Boulder uh-huh. because you get everyone with firearms in there. And that's the, the fantasy. This is the fantasy uh-huh. from Lauren Boebert and other people. We've got a clip later from uh, Madison Cawthorn, for example, talking shit. Oh, and uh, 
God. Yeah. That's my Madison Cawthorn sound. What these people want is they think it's going to turn into like, they want to have the OK Corral. They think it's going to be like a scene from a movie where Steven Seagal jumps in and he's got his firearm and he just mows down all the bad guys in a single spray of bullets and then it's, it's over and all the people are saved. That's what they think is going to happen. That's not what's actually going to happen because it's just a fucking withering crossfire. Can you imagine if everyone was well, firing the off show weapons up and they've heard there's an active shooter and they see someone with a gun? Like, yeah, pow. exactly fucking right. Like, what kind of nonsense is that? Well, and then she goes on to talk about the hammers, about how, oh, maybe we should. People are it's the ones she's as dumb as a bag of. <laughs> All right, perfect. Yeah, she hates hammers, man, because they're smarter than she is. (laughs) Oh, but she's fuck uh, those hammers. That's a whole bag of hammers smarter than she is. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But I mean, again, we're talking about something where the uh, express purpose of a hammer is not to kill or wound someone. The express purpose of a hammer is to drive nails into a inanimate object. That's the whole. <laughs> but you know, you can't reason with anyone who uh, says things like the most strictest, right? Uh, and shit. in a just world, she would be relegated to someone in the local news and interviews after a crime. You know, yeah. like, it happened real fast, real fast. Yeah. It wasn't like in the movies. Okay, thanks. That we'll get back things to you, Ken. You know, like it's just. Mm-hmm. Well, gun violence, and this is in spite of COVID and all the isolation, people separating and so on. Gun violence killed nearly 20,000 Americans in 2020, making it the deadliest year for gun violence in at least two decades. The next highest recent year for shooting deaths was 2017, when nearly 16,000 people were killed. In uh, 2020, people purchased about 23 million guns 23 million guns a 64 percent increase over 2019 sales you think uh, uh donald trump had anything to do with that you know i i don't mean to i was just thinking twenty thousand last year donald trump's like amateurs yeah well i killed half a million americans <laughs> half a million americans <laughs> yeah exactly fucking right yeah but it's it's donald trump saying they're coming for your second amendment every single endorsement that he did for four years was a copy and paste tweet about how candidate so-and-so is going to protect your second amendment I mean, this is the big wedge issue. This is what they're freaking out mm. their uh, their red hat disciples about. The Democrats are coming for your Second Amendment. They're coming for your hobby. They're coming to get your adult toys, your retail products, for God's sake. I mean, don't forget, these are things that are sold in stores, in like Walmart stores, like right next to the 55-inch TVs and the diaper genies. You just go to the next department. Oh, yes, firearms that you can kill people with. You know, I think they should pass a regulation that says we should have Jody's pictures on the walls blown up in every sports department of every Walmart yeah. that sells those kind of weapons. Like, if you're going to sell the weapons, you got to show the pictures. Like the like, like they the do with abortion that, clinics. Yeah, people, yeah, exactly. You know. Or they do with um, the cigarette packs in Australia that have yeah. pictures of disease. Well, that's the, on that point. Don't go any further. I want to talk about that because that's my next proposal for what to do about the gun thing. We're talking about, first of all, I was talking about how we should start to look at banning some of the peripherals, some of the accessories, which seems, at least according to the Supreme Court, seems like it's a constitutional thing to do. So you start there. Maybe start to eat into the profit motive of the gun manufacturers and so on. And then there's this other thing which involves a marketing campaign, and I want to talk about that right after I talk about the after party Every Friday, Kimberly Johnson and I record a fourth podcast for the week, but this one is totally different from the usual Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday shows. The Friday After Party podcast is loaded with all the politics you want, while also including uncensored, completely obscene conversations about sex, drugs, movies, television, our personal lives, all the crap all we can't get away with on the free show. So please help support this podcast by subscribing to our Friday After Party for just $10 per month. You'll also get two post-mortem shows every week included in that level of support. That's bobseskashow.com, or just click the all-caps Patreon link beneath the logo at bobseska.com. Thank you. The Bob Seska Show.
Oh, holy shit. You know, this was video. If we were doing video, you'd see me uh, air drumming over here because, God, I love this song. Brand new music, brand new band here to the show. This is Japan Van Dam. That's the name of the project. The song is called New York City Eats Its Young. <laughs> uh, this is from their brand new Normal Style album. Facebook.com slash Japan Van Dam to follow Japan Van Dam. I love it so much. This is great. Uh, I think you can find it everywhere you get your digital music, too. So go and search. Definitely Spotify, too. Look at Spotify for Japan Van Dam. I'm just going to say it a few more times. Japan Van Dam is the name of the band. What's the name of the band again, Bob? Uh, it's called Japan Van Dam. I'm not even going to try it. I'll stumble it's, over it's myself. It's such a good fucking song. God damn it, I love it so much. Okay, uh, by the way, Indie Music Countdown, um, we're in that weird gray area where the month ends midweek next week, so the Indie Music Countdown is actually going to end up being on uh, probably Easter Sunday, April 4. That's when oh, the nice. uh, Indie Music Countdown for March will happen because it's still too early. If we did it this weekend, there would still be at least two more songs for uh, the month of March that we would end up missing. That'll be on uh, Tuesday show next week. So that's where that's where we are. We're in that weird gray area. So uh, bobseska.com slash music if you want to submit, by the way. Okay, where we left off in the previous segment, uh, David, you had mentioned uh, cigarette packs, like what we do with cigarette packs with the warning label on there. Uh, here's my mm-hmm. proposal, and I think this is a doable proposal. Whatever it was that happened culturally in this country surrounding cigarettes, uh, we need to repeat that, but with guns. And what I mean specifically by that is some sort of ongoing national public service announcement ad campaign. You know, like we saw those commercials for years and years and years. It was something like... I want to say it was called Truth Out or something like that. Uh, some uh, uh, nonprofit oh, that was a website. It was just the Truth Project. Yeah, the Truth Project. Yeah, and it was an entire series of advertisements. Basically, what happened is that culturally, through these ad campaigns, through various other formats, we were able to shame people from smoking cigarettes. And speaking as someone who smoked cigarettes for seventeen years. You know, those commercials didn't land flat with me. It was just battling through the addiction to finally say, okay, I'm done. Um, Mm -hmm. But the fact of the matter is, while I was still smoking, I would think, oh, shit, this is kind of oogie. And we kind of I kind of feel like a pariah. You know, you get that feeling of embarrassment, mortification, being a, a social outcast when you're standing there smoking a cigarette and it's pouring down rain and you're huddled under like a doorway, like the doorway entryway. It's just like a foot of space where you're not getting rained on and just like <laughs> smoking I gotta away. tell you though, there is no better location for gathering intelligence on an organization about like if you're like, <laughs> thinking about getting a job somewhere. Yeah. Go find where the smokers congregate because there's someone from every single level of the organization there's yeah. like an executive, like a look grunt, and be like, "What's it like to work here?" Mm-hmm. And you will get the dirt. Well, I think well, what I've ha- oh, go ahead. I've Jordan. noticed, by the way, because I, I smoked for 17 years as well. It'll be 20 years in September. You're just copying me now. You're copying me. Yeah, you yeah. copycat. Copied. Yeah, I did. I copied you. <laughs> I quit in 2001, and it was mainly because my doctor threatened to take me off the pill. Oh. So there's that. But um, I have noticed since 2001 when I quit. Less and less smokers out there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, People that used to smoke have since quit. Like when I'm at a party with, say, 100 people, like at my house, perhaps, back in the early 2000s. When you're not having a porn shoot. When I'm not having a porn shoot. (laughs) When you need to smoke afterwards. Um, Mm -hmm. No, like when when I first moved in here in 1993, we would have parties and everybody smoked. I mean, I smoked, my roommates smoked, everybody smoked. And as I got older, first off... I end up with more alcohol at the end of a party than I used to in my 20s and less food now versus the other way around. It was no alcohol and a ton of food mm-hmm. but because uh, <laughs> we were all smoking. <laughs> yeah. um, but basically, the same people that used to come over back then, they don't smoke anymore. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's crazy. What the happened kids was vape now. Yeah. You know, when I was working in food service, especially because it takes time to smoke a cigarette and it leaves it a smell on your hands and face yeah. and yeah. clothes and hair and everything. Well, the, I mean, the same thing is happening with vaping now, where it's starting to be it's something already that a bad thing. They're yeah. kind of shaming, and and that yeah. I think you needs to. I think that needs to happen with firearms. I think firearms, uh, especially with people who are really radical about it. I mean, you know, you own one a pistol and you keep it in a safe or something like that. Fine, but if you're stocking up like an arsenal of AR-15s and so on, we got to shame those people. We got to make it societally embarrassing to be like a gun nut. The same way we did with smokers. And look, there's the difference is with smokers, we were all subject to a very strong addiction. I mean, as strong, if not stronger, than the addiction to heroin, for example. Cigarette addiction is real, and it is very, very difficult to break. Everyone, you know, Jody, I'm sure you remember. I remember, too. I, I quit smoking in 2007. Started around 1990, quit in 2007, and uh, it was extremely hard. It was one of the one of the best, but also one of the hardest things I've ever done. Now, when yeah. I quit in 2001, it was my fourth quit. Uh-huh. Uh, my mm. first quit was easy. I quit when I was like 22 for like six months. Mm. And I was like, that's easy. And then next thing you know, I bum a cigarette off of a boyfriend of mine and back to smoking. Oh, God. Um, I, have, I have nightmares. But I, you know, we, I still have that like, like, I mean, I already have that like kind of disgust reaction to people who are walking around strapped with an AR-15 at Chipotle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I do. You know, or like Madison Cawthorn, you know, shooting guns from his wheelchair. Yeah, Um, yeah. The goal is to get to the kids, to plant that seed of embarrassment with the kids. Say, look, I mean, this is the same sort of shit as uh, with cigarettes. It's not going to lead to any place good. It's shameful to be going around uh, Walmart or Target with an AR-15 strapped to you. It's fucking embarrassing. You might as well be walking around with your pants down around your ankles. Make it that kind of level of embarrassing. Like, you don't want to be seen with it. I mean, the peer pressure of uh, social media, for example, can really be applied here. If there is some sort of national ad campaign or some sort of hashtag campaign that's ongoing and really changes society into constantly feeling as though, yeah, you own firearms? What's wrong with you? You know, that kind of attitude. Don't you love your kids? Yeah, Yeah. exactly right. So really, like having guns in the home is like, you know, when people used to drive with the windows up with their kids in the car and smoke, like, you know, Uh just smoke and smoke and smoke. And that was just normal, Mm -hmm. you know? So let's move on to this story about Russia. I I, uh, caught my eye uh, with this, and I was thinking about this, too, because we were talking about Russia with Eric Garland on the interview show yesterday. Eric Garland, funny as fuck, by the way. Looking forward to listening to that. Yeah, you got (laughs) to listen to the Wednesday show, my interview with Eric Garland, who uh, is just really smart and entertaining and interesting and insightful. Lots of, God, we covered so much ground yesterday. All the way, going all the way back to, like, Edward Snowden and shit. Got some history lessons in there, too. Really fucking funny. Ended up talking about mullets for some reason and Steve Bannon's three shirts. I don't know somehow that was worked into the conversation, but uh, it got me thinking about Russia. And I noticed the story today that uh, Russia is now outsourcing its cyber attacks now. So everyone's getting in on the act. I mean, they're oh maybe I can get a job. <laughs> there you go, David. I mean, they're hiring very clearly. Uh, they've in fact they've outsourced to uh, uh, companies in Nigeria, Ghana, and Mexico. Those are among some of the countries where Russia has contracts with local hackers to aim disinformation of the United States. We're just, we're such gullible suckers, delusional morons here that we're now utterly vulnerable to these kind of attacks. Everyone's getting in on it. I mean, fucking Ghana now? Are you kidding? Um, the key word here to remember is Lakta Internet Research, and they've used unwitting third country nationals in those three countries, uh, again, Ghana, Mexico, and Nigeria, to propagate false narratives through social media accounts, as well as fake news websites about divisive issues in American politics. And here's the kicker. Latka was previously known as the Internet Research Agency. Wait a minute, did I just say, <laughs> I think I just said Latka, didn't I? Yeah, yeah. Gravis, you know? Yeah, Vodka, like this. Here, oh, that's new. Well, oh, that's new. Uh, this morning, I heard a very good joke from my cousin, Pasi. <laughs> no, it's, it's not Latka. It's Lakta. 
internet research. And so they're now using unwitting <laughs> third countries. Russian is just an inherently scary language. You yeah, know, I mean, yeah. just everything sounds ominous. <laughs> you know, it's yeah, like, I know. Uh, you know, I know. With their, their vaccine is called Sputnik V. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you take Sputnik V vaccine now. Yeah. Put out arm. You'll receive transmissions from the overpassing <laughs> satellites and HBO mix. And it's, and it's one of those it's one of those old timey syringes, right? With the permanent yeah. needle on the end of it. It looks like a uh, like a billows that you would use for a fireplace. That's <laughs> they're old school syringes in Russia. So uh, meanwhile, Chuck Schumer and Mitch McConnell clashed during Senate Rules Committee hearing on a Democratic plan to overhaul uh, federal elections and expand voting rights. Uh, the legislation under consideration is S one, the For the People Act, which would make it easier to vote. Uh, it would make it. It would enact new campaign finance laws and end partisan gerrymandering of congressional districts. And of course, uh, Mitch McConnell's like, "No fucking way. We're not doing that. We don't want to make it easier for people to vote." So sick of these men. I'm so I sick know. of them. I'm so fucking sick of them. I'm so sick of the governor of Arizona saying that Kamala Harris isn't qualified to handle border. Re- I'm just yeah. Like, what? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's just he, it's just crackers talking. Yeah, it's just you know, yep. take a sleeve of saltines and crumble it up, and that's what you hear. It's just cracker noise. Yeah, um, it's it's kind of liberating that they don't. It's weird. <laughs> it's a strange dynamic. They they don't have anything to attack Joe Biden with. They don't. There's no right. scandals. There's nothing really going on. I mean, they can recycle the old hunter bullshit all they want, but mainly as as president, there hasn't really been any scandal. So that kind of in a way frees them up to just make shit up all over the place and come up with nonsense. Oh, Kamala Harris not qualified to deal with immigration. Oh, shit. And, uh, oh, God, by the way, this this law that makes it easier for people to vote, you know, in a democracy, can't have that either. That's horseshit. It's it, time to fuck the filibuster. No, yeah. Well, that's what needs to happen in all of this. And I was relieved to see that uh, Jeff Merkley and the Senate Rules Committee are looking at ways to uh, reform the filibuster. Uh, you know. I need to I need to correct myself. John Avarosis and Cliff Schechter corrected me. Okay. Um, instead of the minority having to come up are with they 40... Yeah, they do. Um, having to... No, uh, Travis... <laughs> I mean, like right now? <laughs> like right now. Hi, guys. Um, so I said yesterday... I said on Tuesday that f- the, the minority should come up with 40 votes mm-hmm. to sustain a filibuster. No, they need to come up with 41 votes because then that means 59... Yeah, you know, fifty nine on the other side, they have to come up with forty one votes. As soon as they don't have forty one votes to support a filibuster, it's over. Okay, I see. Well, then the the minority needs to do that. I think so. If they're the ones holding up legislation, then they should come up with the votes, not the majority to overcome it, because the majority can have fifty seven votes, but that still doesn't a help a filibuster. Majority should be the rule. No, I agree. But if you're going to just reform it, make the minority come up with forty one votes, not the majority come up with sixty. Well, wouldn't they be able to easily do that? Not, seems- did not everybody, no, because sometimes, sometimes the GOP. Sometimes Susan Collins gets concerned about things. Well, no, no, sometimes they do. <laughs> like they'll just hold it up, and we don't know because because Mitch McConnell, Mitch is saying, I don't want to bring it to the floor because he might get some GOP defectors yeah, to yeah. vote with the Democrats versus one guy holding up the bill completely. You never have to put it to the floor. Uh, yeah. You see what I mean? Yeah, I see what you're saying. I I think they got to do this Jimmy Stewart one though. I think they need that, to do, do the, both. Have it have it be a talking filibuster that only has anything to do with the bill itself, nothing else. You can't read green eggs and ham. Yeah. You can't just read the dictionary or the phone book. You have to literally argue your case against the bill, and you need to have forty other people on that floor with you the whole time. I see. So so I, what you're saying basically is that in order to uh, succeed with a closure motion, and the closure mm-hmm. motion ends the debate, right? That ends right. the filibuster. The closure right. motion requires 60 votes. It doesn't require 40 votes from the other side. It requires right. the majority to end the to filibuster come to come up with 60 votes. I see what you're saying. Right. Okay, well, fascinating. And I think that this needs to happen now. I mean, the urgency is now uh, because there's a lot waiting and, and a lot riding on uh, whether or not something happens with the filibuster and i know exactly what the republicans are going to say and the democrats just need to fucking own it they just need to do it and then own it and not give a shit what the republicans say because the republicans of course as soon as this new rule passes whatever it happens to be they're just going to indiscriminately lose their spadoinkle all over the fucking place so the you know the reaction from the democrats is going to be tough shit 
Tough shit. You, mm-hmm. you passed a fucking three Supreme Court nominees through the fucking Senate with 51 votes and no filibuster. Go fuck yourself, Mitch McConnell. You know, that's the reaction. <laughs> the the Democrats need to... I mean, it's basically the Senate right now is the Suez Canal. Yeah, exactly. Yes, you know? yes and exactly. McConnell is the guy that drew a giant dick and then drove into the bank. You know? and it's like... <laughs> that was so funny. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, we're going to take one last Can we break. talk some smack about Meghan McCain? Okay. Okay. Well, yeah, we can. We can after, after we take a, a short break because we have commercials. Okay, well, back with more show right after this. You can't always get a clean you can feel good about inside and out unless you're using Bubble Genius Bath and Body Products. See, Bubble Genius is a woman-owned small business proudly creating our vegan-friendly products in America and supporting other U.S. businesses by buying our ingredients and supplies from them as often as possible. Plus, you'll be hard-pressed to find packaging as recyclable as ours. Visit BubbleGenius.com and check out our cause-related items too, like our global warming soap and a lot more. We donate our proceeds for those items to worthy causes, like organizations combating climate change and mountaintop removal mining. Good stuff like that. We also send our products to the troops overseas through our Buy a Soldier a Shower campaign. Because the least we can do is keep them smiling and smelling great, right? So visit BubbleGenius.com and feel good and clean. Bubble Genius, doing our part to make the world a better place, one bathtub at a time. That's BubbleGenius.com. Sometimes I feel like I'm on my own. Red trapped in a wheel, running on and on. Yeah, more brand new music here on the show. This is a group called Kilo Bravo. And a song called Cataract from their uh, new album, Chew This Slow. That's the name of the album. Uh, Kilo this Bravo. This is totally taking me back to my 64 Mustang that was my second car. Oh, shit, yeah. Kilo Bravo Music. Kilo Bravo Music. Bandcamp.com is where you can find this. Yeah, it reminds me of Big Star. This absolute yeah. there, yeah. Did I nail it? Is it? Yeah, yeah I think so. Did. Yeah, yeah. Sounds great. I love this stuff, and of course, Big Star. If there's someone to be influenced by, you know, you could do a lot worse than Big Star. Holy shit! Uh, let's see. Oh, Man, you wanted that to- thing would fly. I had a '64 eight-cylinder Mustang, yeah. white, and it would just going down the highway with the windows down. You'd never even think about the fact that the steering column could impale you, um, <laughs> <laughs> and then there was only a lap belt. But yeah, I'm sorry, I interrupted. As a goth, were you? Who are you hanging out with? Uh, the goths and the uh, the people who worked in the auto shop at high school they were like two separate groups. So what was the deal there? Lesbians. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. That makes total sense. There were these two sisters, and they were both lesbian, and um, they both had Mustangs, and they like their dad knew where to find them. Uh-huh. Like, and uh, I was like, man, I want one, and they were like, we got one over here, and. In Cuthbert, Georgia, and I went over and bought it for like twelve hundred dollars and got it fixed up. And yeah, it was like a thing. Yeah, yeah. But, um, well, I've just noticed that uh, apparently the press is really overcompensating and hammering Joe Biden on uh, lots of things to, I guess, show the Republicans, hey, we can be hard on Joe Biden too. See, which is well, the I wrong mean- fucking motivation, by the way. And apparently he joked about um, going back to the filibuster since he joined the Senate 120 years ago. Because he was kidding. Because, you know, and he was, and then people were taking That's him funny. seriously. He's only 78. He doesn't know what he's talking It's like, oh, dude, it was a joke. Sake. Really? Are yeah. re- people really going, how could he possibly have been in the Senate 120 years ago? Oh, no, here, here. Uh, Biden says we should go back to the filibuster that existed when he was in the Senate 120 years ago. Joe Biden is 78 years old. That was from Mike Hahn, whoever the hell he is. Oh, for fuck's sake. Okay. I mean, well, seriously. Yeah, yeah. But that's, I mean, the whole purpose, the real thing that they really, like, the thing that the press wants to do here, the gotcha that they're looking for is to get him to stutter or to get him to stumble over something so that they can do a, like, Biden is senile thing, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's just, like, that's their, and it's kind of sick and ridiculous and ageist and awful. I mean, but it's really, like, they're, like, 
That's the Russian disinformation angle. That's yeah. what Putin meant when he said, I wish him good health. You know, like, um, yeah. it's like, the, it, so, like, that's what they're going with. And it, it just disgusts me that they've got what's called reflexive control at this point. Yeah. The disinformation pumpers have got, like, you know, it's gotten to where the media answers to them and lets them direct the narrative. And so the Democrats are having to constantly be on the defensive again. It's like, no, Joe Biden is not keeping an illegal black dragon in the basement of the White House. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, it's just like... You know, you know what you do. You know what you do when it comes to you know questioning Democratic presidents, questioning Republican presidents. You ask questions based on where the facts lead you. You don't right. concoct shit to generate some sort of artificial balance. So you say, "Well, we were really hard on Donald Trump for four years." Well, you know why? Because he had a thousand fucking horrible things a day to be questioned about. D- Joe Biden. They're just making shit up to reach that quota. And it's just absolutely fucking stupid. And this is why, you know, know, well, this is why you get a a good Democratic president like Joe Biden, who ends up lasting for just one term because people go, oh, yeah, well, that shit about the press conferences. He didn't have a press conference for so long. I'm not voting for him again. He's dodging the press. It's just like, I just I don't think people are buying it, though. Like ratings are like cratering across all the news platforms because people are just like. Oh, fuck this. They're like, first of all, we're exhausted. Yeah. You know, we are absolutely exhausted from keeping track of the thousand things a day that Mm. Donald Trump was doing wrong that are still like, you know, machine parts are still flying out, you know, the Justice Department and the FBI and things that are still fucked up that we're trying to drive on the flat tires that he left us. So, but it's, you know, people are just, the vast majority of people are like, Ugh, no, I'm not doing this. And mm-hmm. Shut up, Jake Tapper. And they're turning off CNN. Yeah. They're turning, you know, even Fox News' ratings are down. And it's so it's and part of that is just pure fatigue. Yeah. People are just like over it. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, President Biden did announce since he beat his goal at day 58 of 100 million doses in 100 days. He's th- he has set himself a new goal of 200 million doses in 100 days. Wow. Holy shit. And I think he's going to make it because, I mean, he's already, what, 130 million doses or something? Yeah, yeah. And I think the country is at like a 17, 13 or 14% fully vaccinated, and 25% of us are at least one dose. Mm -hmm. And some of those people with one dose are fully vaccinated, so it's a double number there. But um, California is ahead of the country by a percentage. I think we have 27% of us uh, with one dose and 14 or 15 percent of us with at least with both, you know, fully vaccinated. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping we'll we'll be in line. Lonnie and I will be in line in the next week or two to be able to get our doses. Yeah. Let's yeah. take a moment to bow our heads to those poor sons of bitches on parallel earth where he won re-election who won't be getting any. Like the only people that have gotten shots so far are Republican donors and like you know, yeah. Yeah. corporate he- CEOs and like everyone else is going to be still trying to get him in August and September. And, you know, I wouldn't have minded the other parallel universe where we didn't have a pandemic because we had Hillary Clinton. Yeah, yeah, right. Well, that too. That's mm-hmm. the one we. Well, see, that's we're in the we're in between those two. Yeah, like, we're in between like, those two universes. There's like should have been, right. is, and oh, thank God it didn't happen. Where universe, right. you know, like, yeah. but. Well, Charles Johnson just tweeted uh, watching this. Uh, uh, green footballs, green underscore footballs on Twitter. Epidemic of gun violence, pandemic getting worse again, and the White House uh, press corps asks, are you going to run for re-election with Kamala Harris in 2024? Really? More than once was that <laughs> oh question God. was asked. More than once. Seriously, this makes it so fucking difficult to defend the fucking press when horse shit like this is brought up to create artificial balance drives me up a fucking wall. Okay, David, what did you want to say about Meghan McCain? Because Meghan McCain, I don't have the bandwidth for following whatever the fuck <laughs> Meghan McCain is doing and not doing. I don't even turn up the volume on the videos anymore. I just am convinced that her hairstylist and makeup and wardrobe <laughs> they don't like her. Fucking hate they her. do not like her one bit. Moira I mean, Rose, yesterday she had yeah. this crazy center braid down the middle. I mean, it was just like citizens of Earth. Yeah. I am (laughs) Meghan McCain and you will submit to the mid-legacy of my father. Well, I was saying, she's got got hairstyles that remind me of Moira Rose, the Catherine O'Hara character in Schitt's Creek. Because she's got, you know, like when Moira wears the... um, one wig on top of another wig. So the one wig is almost like a hat on top of 
the wig that's supposed to be her hair. Oh, and th- there was a, a Meghan McCain hairstyle that Hal Sparks shared the other day that kind of looked like that. But what, what, what was it about specifically about Meghan McCain? Is there something that you wanted? To, did she say something that was horrible or what? Yesterday she was saying that, you know, there's only ever been one Asian American or yeah. Pacific Islander host of The Views. She's like, so should one of us quit? And she I'm like, should. well, uh, actually, Megan, now that you bring it up, yeah. uh, you should. She's like, because, like, you know, I mean, there's so many really actually qualified people out there. Uh, and really, her only qualification to anything is that she is a white girl that will talk smack about liberals. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, her, her argument was, you know, this whole um, identity politics and, you know, uh, we have to have women or we have to have people of color. And we, that's not what Martin Luther King talked about. You have to have experience. And and I'm looking at Megan McCain going, and that's how you got this job? Right, exactly. If, 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 I mean, John, that, McCain, if John McCain wasn't her dad. She wouldn't Me- have that job. Megan McCain would be the least popular samples woman at Costco. That's exactly. what Megan McCain would be doing. It's not like she's Ronan Farrow, who is a reporter for years. You know what I mean? And right. he's worked his life to do what he's been doing. Okay, give him he a TV show. He would be great show. on The View. He would be great on <laughs> oh, The View. Oh, yeah. Holy shit. Um, but it's like it's like it's not like she's a Barbara Walters, thank you very much, you know? <laughs> or or Meredith Vieira who started the damn show. These are two reporters, you know mm. what I mean? Yeah. And then they wanted to have other quote normals there to kind of fill out other people's opinions, mm. but it's like no no no, do not compare yourself to Barbara Walters, lady, cuz you're not even close. Right. Oh uh, shit. Well, I want to I want to mm. what, what were you going to say, David? No, I can't remember. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, I mean, I was just actually, I just in terms of like the blazing lack of self-awareness that she displays. But I feel like, like, you know, her Heritage Foundation husband like feeds her talking points or Federalist Society or whatever. Oh, Ben, ben, Nom- ben Dominich. Ben Dominich yeah. is like cosplays as uh, Richard Karn from Home Improvement. <laughs> they, look, they look like the same guy. That's, a, oh. that's about all I can say about Ben Dominich. But it's like he gives her talking points over breakfast and then she goes on The View and tries to walk. It's like watching someone walk on stilts who's maybe a little drunk. <laughs> like, you know. <laughs> It's it just the arguments come out all sideways, and it's just like, oh, Megan, honey. Oh, shit. Well, speaking of You should of be that, doing, like, makeup tutorials on YouTube or something. Yeah, like, I know. Not whatever it is yeah. that you're... All this. Well, speaking of <laughs> speaking of dumb shits, uh, this is in the crooks are stupid category. A South Carolina man is being charged with threatening prosecutors in the Proud Boys case there. Um, and the reason I'm bringing this up is because... This guy who's been charged uh, with threatening prosecutors called the former prosecutor's law offices from the phone of a woman he lives with. And he began <laughs> began one of the many voicemail messages by stating, my name is James. <laughs> Fucking idiot. He actually so he goes and he threatens the prosecutors and then uses his girlfriend's phone but also uses his actual name in the process of harassing the prosecutors. You stupid <laughs> We need to get idiots. that Simpsons clip of videotaping this crime spree is the best idea we ever had. It's, <laughs> yeah. We're going to be using it a lot this year, I think. Yeah, I that's feel exactly. like that's a salient soundbite yeah, of the yeah. 2021 Republican movement. I just think of uh, the old morning zoo here in Washington, D.C. with Don Geronimo and Mike O'Mara, and they used to do a bit. And I think this was just a syndicated bit that everyone would get the script for. Everyone would get stupid this. Stupid criminals? Yeah, it was, it was the stupid criminals thing that every fucking morning zoo used to do. And, and Don and Mike used to do the uh, crooks are stupid segment. And it was exactly stories like that, like people who go into a bank to rob the bank and they put the give me all your money note on the back on of one of their own, own checks. Slip. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> their own deposit slip, exactly. That's the story. My personal but- favorite stupid stupid criminal story was the guy that broke into the people's house, stole all the prescription meds and like benzo, you know, like painkillers, <laughs> Valium, Xanax, <laughs> and then like laid down to take a little nap because oh, he felt yeah. sleepy. Yeah. And the homeowners come home and he's like passed out, pissed himself, you know, in the bed coma. Oh yeah. Well, that was like that was like uh, Richard Ramirez. Wouldn't he go and eat shit out of the refrigerator, and then he would like barf it up on the floor and like leave all these calling cards? Yeah, crooks are fucking stupid, and so are red hats. It's like the Venn diagram overlap is enormous between <laughs> those two Ingram categories. was like, Democrats prefer illegal immigrants over Trump voters. And I'm like, I prefer root canals, 
Poison ivy and flat tires are for Trump voters. Cockroaches <laughs> coming out of your drain. You know, things uh, like sure. that I prefer over them. Well, more to come on the postmortem show when this music is done playing. We keep on talking and we stick it right there on our Patreon page. It is patreon.com slash Bob Seska show. And uh, we call it the postmortem show. That's what we do with this extra 20 minutes or so. It's uh, And, uh, you know, look, you're missing out. If you're not subscribed for $5 a month, getting two postmortem shows a week, uh, you're totally missing out on all this, you know. You know, you don't want to you don't want to be subject to FOMO, do you? I, I'm just, now I'm just driving home the peer pressure. Yeah, you know, if we want to be one of the cool kids, you're going to subscribe to the postmortem show. Everybody's doing it. Yeah, exactly. You think your mom's going to find out is that the problem? Yeah. And then so uh, and then you could buy a, a cricket firearm and smoke a bunch of cigarettes too, kids. <laughs> because I'm saying the, the, all the cool kids are doing it and if you want to be one of the cool kids, Get yourself a cricket. Okay. That's it for the show. Uh, Jody Hamilton's at from-the-bunker.com. David uh, David Ferguson. I almost called you David Harris for some reason. Da- David Ferguson is at astralsummer.bandcamp.com. Uh, we'll see you on the after party tomorrow. Take care, folks. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Hold it. Don't nobody move. There's finally good news on the horizon. Vaccinations are increasing, and if we're smart, the end of the pandemic could be just months away. But between now and then, it's more important than ever to be careful. People are doing more traveling and socializing as they feel the risks are diminishing. So having the right mask, the best mask, to get past the finish line is absolutely essential. And now the NewDealShop.com has the gold standard N95 masks. These are NIOSH N95 masks. They have the best fit with headband straps, and they're FDA authorized and meet the strictest, most reliable standard for masks on the market. These N95 masks come in a box of 20, and they ship free immediately for you. Maybe you know someone who plans to travel and they're getting their family together for spring break. Well, if so, these N95 masks are an essential part of that plan. Go to thenewdealshop.com, thenewdealshop.com. Get N95 masks with free immediate shipping. There's a small supply in stock shipping right now. Go to thenewdealshop.com now and get your N95 masks. Thank you.